Welcome to the latest edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime with me, Marshane Kenny. Thank you so much for supporting the show early on. As you can see behind me, I don't have my normal backdrop. We're on location, but I brought a familiar painting you might recognize uh, to use as a backdrop for this show. Well, I want to get to Southern Miss Athletics real quick, in particular Southern Miss Baseball. They're on their third straight SBC Series win, so they're really getting cooking over there at Pete Taylor Park. And in Game 1 of Old Dominion over the past week, uh, head coach Scott Berry got his 500th career win. So congratulations to the legend, head baseball coach Scott Berry. Well, as you know, I enjoy all the fan comments for the show, and I'm going to get into them in this next segment that we call Four and Out. Well, this week on Twitter, I asked the Southern Miss Nation, how would you describe Southern Miss in five words? I had a lot of good answers, but I can only get to four of them because that's the name of this segment, Four and Out. Uh, first up, at Joel McCarty 1, he says, us against the world mentality. And yes, we do. We always uh, have this us against the world vibe and absolutely love it. Next up, Andy Barley at Stay Golden Ainge, he puts five great words together that uh, I think we all know. He says, Southern Miss to the top. Absolutely. Great five words right there. Next up, at KWWWW18, yes, that's a Twitter handle, they say, we don't settle for mediocre. Absolutely not. We're always striving to be the best. And finally, at Reagan Grant puts these five words together, and they did happen. He says we hired Ellis Johnson. It happened. It is. It did happen, and that was five words right there. Thanks, Reagan, so much. Well, as you know, this show is huge with interviews, and this next interview, I am so fired up. He's an incredible leader of young men. He's one of the most inspirational guys you'll see at Southern Miss. So with all that said, my next interview comes with head Southern Miss strength and conditioning coach Lance Ancar. All the time in the Southern Miss world, I hear, man, these football players are getting bigger, faster, and stronger. And I promise it's not because they're eating their Wheaties. It's because all the hard work behind the scenes from our head strength and conditioning coach, Lance Ankar, one of the most inspirational guys you'll meet at Southern Miss. So, Coach, it is so awesome to have you on, man. How's the world treating you? Oh, man, I, I can't complain one bit. And I appreciate you having me on. You know, uh, this is a, a blessing, you know, just because I know – how much, you know, Southern Miss means to you and, uh, you know, you pour your heart and soul into it. And, man, we just, you know, blessed to have you on our side, you know, but uh, it's a blessing. Oh, man, bleed black and gold just like you, man. And uh, and maybe some people don't know, Coach uh, Ankar and I are two New Orleans guys born and raised over there. And uh, uh, he went to a high school, Shaw High School. I went to a high school. I'm a little bit younger than him, Jesuit High School. And they're rivals, man, Catholic League rivals from back in the day. But coach, you said I'm one of those Jesuit guys you actually do like. So is that no still true? That's still true? Oh, yeah, that's 100%. That, that'll never change. All right, because the Jesuit Catholic League rivalry is a real thing, man. And uh, But Nola, man, just, just real quick, man. You know, we're New, New Orleans guys, the Big Easy. I just love everything about it. What are some of your favorite stuff about New Orleans? I think just the culture, you know, just uh, the way I was raised, um, you know, there's so much stuff that you could get into, but just the diversity of it also, you know, like New Orleans is a one of a kind place and uh, football has taken me all over the place, but there's only one New Orleans. There's only one place like it, you know, and uh, you know, just the, the fact of the big easy, you know, people are so kind, you know, we get a bad rep sometimes and uh, you see some of the bad things, but 
not too many people get to see the great side of New Orleans. And they got people there that, you know, take the, the shirt off their back and give it to you. Just great people. Uh, you don't go hungry. You know, they'll go out and uh, go out and buy you fish. You know, we just take care of each other. We take care of our own. Uh, but just I would say the diversity and uh, the people that I grew up with, the people that I've been around. And uh, I just enjoyed my time there. I think it definitely molded me into who I am today. Man, great words about New Orleans. Beautiful city, man. I've had nothing but great times there. My wife and I love it. We visit pretty frequent, man. So, but great career there at Shaw, man. It took you to North Alabama to play football. And uh, you had a hell of a football career. You were the Remington Award winner, which is the top uh, center in college football for D2. Uh, you're a three-time all-conference. You're on the all-decade team for that time frame uh, at North Alabama, man. Your time there and just all the all the awesome accolades. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, culture shock. You know, that's one thing about being from New Orleans. You know, we were uh, we kind of grew up fast, you know, and uh, going to Florence, Alabama is slow, you know, and I remember uh, driving up there and my parents are coming to bring me up and just the, the the world just changing almost, you know, you go from just a fast life, people driving faster. Now, you know, they, they're not going anywhere fast. There's only about three, four stations on the radio. So, you know, it's just, it, it kind of uh, brought me back a little bit. It, it was almost like going back in time. It was like time traveling, but uh, just a beautiful place, Florence. And the people up there, great people also, uh, you know, they love UNA football. And it was just awesome. The people that I've met, you know, a lot of them I'm still friends with today. You know, obviously, you know, one of them. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, it's just it was just a bunch of guys that uh, didn't have all the accolades in the world, didn't, um, you know, necessarily get highly recruited. They just wanted to play football at the next level. And uh, just a bunch of tough guys, guys that you would go down the back alley with and uh, just like you, man, you know, uh, you know, you would have fit in good there, you know, even though you fed in perfectly over here with the black and gold. But, you know, just a bunch of guys that you enjoy being around that love football, that had a common interest. And uh, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Man, that's awesome comments right there. And one cool dynamic of when you were at North Alabama, your quarterback for a couple of years. There is the current head Southern Miss football coach, Will Hall, man. You're the center. He's the quarterback. Man, how was that dynamic with you two back in the day? Oh, man, just it's a looking back, you know, how the dots connect and everything, man. It's just it's, it's crazy. But uh, talk about a competitor, you know, fierce competitor, you know, and I knew that we were going to get along, you know, right from the jump just because he loves football. You know, you can see it every <laughs> You know, every time he's out there coaching, you know, that two-lane game this year, he's over there, you know, getting the crowd pumped, you know. So, like, you can tell how much he just loves the game. And uh, that's what, you know, it's all about to me. I, I want to be around guys that love football, that that love to compete, that hate to lose. And, you know, he's got every single one of those attributes. And obviously now we've, you know, kind of grown up and came to a different phase. But, you know, back then, golly, man, you want to talk about somebody that was just a fighter, competitor, and just loved to compete. Man, that's a great way to put it. And uh, I read something not too long ago, and I actually talked to Coach Hall not too long ago, about you two were talking about building an awesome culture together one day and uh, getting back together, bonding with him coaching, you coaching together. And sure enough, you hear it's Southern Miss doing it. But this started early, the, the thought, the process 
uh, the inspiration, where it all came from, man. Just just talk about you two guys kind of thinking this through what's happening in Southern Miss uh, way back when. Yeah. Um, you know, he always knew he wanted to coach. Obviously, I wanted to play ball, you know, and uh, that's the one thing about it. When you're 5'11 and a half playing center, you know, not too many people will give you a shot. But, uh, you know, it's something that we kind of knew what a football team should look like. We knew what the guys should look like. We knew what they uh, the mentality that they should have. And, uh, you know, I know for a fact that he had pretty much the foundation of what he wanted the, the program to look like. I guarantee you back when we were 21 years old, you know, and he, uh, you know, the way he is, he's so uh, methodical with his thinking. He's so, uh, you know, precise with what he wants things to look like. So, you know, I know that this is something that we've, you know, been talking about, but I know for him probably since high school, you know, he's been planning this out for a long time and I'm just glad that it came to fruition. Well, yeah, he, he's somebody thinks the world of you, man. And I know the players think the world of you, too. And just quick back on football right there. Hell of a career at North Alabama. Man, you went to play some arena football for about five years there. You win an arena a title while you're there with one of the teams and uh, playing fullback linebacker. And, and coach, you're somebody when I see you, if I think back to football, I, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I'd have to strap it up a little bit tighter to go against you, but. Talk about arena football, man. That, that's a tough guy sport. You're playing football, a fullback linebacker. Well, you know, same to you. You know, that's the thing. You know, you knew that there were some games and who you were going against. You know, you're going to pop two ibuprofen, you know, <laughs> make sure that that chin yeah. strap was right, make sure that that yeah. mouthpiece was in because, hey, it was going to be a war, you know. And uh, guys like you, man, we would use the whole toolbox against. I, I'm not going to just be <laughs> one-dimensional. But, golly, it was, it was fun just to keep playing. Um, obviously it's not what you dreamed of, but the fact that I was able to play afterwards, man, and another way to meet other people, uh, I have a whole new, uh, I guess you would say circle of, of friends just because of that experience and, uh, just, just a blessing that God blessed me with to keep playing. But, you know, you knew it was going to end, you knew it was going to end. And, uh, the thing that I did was every spring I would play arena ball. And then in the fall, I would coach high school ball. And I just knew that I was lining it up, but golly, it's hard to get rid of that itch, you know? And I feel like I can still do it now, even though my body's telling me no, my mind still says, hey, you could go out there and give it a couple more plays. But, you know, it, it was it was great to play afterwards. Oh, very cool, man. Yeah, and arena football is such a cool dynamic and yet a heck of a run there, man. So when football is over, uh, you decide to get into the coaching world. I mean, you're even a position coach somewhere, but you become really a focused guy on strength and conditioning uh, in your career right out of the Arena Football League. Man, what uh, what really motivated you or what's what's some uh, that got you strong vibes to get in the strength and conditioning world? So the truth is ADD. <laughs> I want the truth, coach. I hey, want the hey, truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's ADD, man. Uh, obviously, I love football and I coached football one year up in Minnesota State Moorhead and it's a little D2 school. And I'm sitting there breaking down film and watching these recruits that obviously, you know, you, you could tell after watching a couple plays if the guy is good. But you have to sit there in that dark room and just watch play after play. And I'm like, this ain't <laughs> I can't do this. I got to be moving around. I got to be coaching. And when I'm on the field, I was awesome. You know, I, I enjoyed that side of it. But just, the, you know, the monotonous of going through and looking at film and doing all of that made me realize that I want to be around college. But maybe not in that role. And obviously, one of my big mentors, Scott Cochran, uh, who was at Alabama, 
Uh, I remember watching a couple of videos of him on YouTube and saying, like, that's me. You know, which speaking of another 504, John Curtis guy, you know, uh, you but man, I, I was like, you know, that's that's kind of the role that I can see myself in motivating. Uh, I love the weight room and just being around college sports without having to teach a class. You know, that that was me all day. And uh, it, it kind of just pulled me towards I gravitated towards that field. Man, very cool. And I uh, had a heck of a run before you got to Southern Miss. I mean, you're coaching strength uh, at Alabama three playoff runs there and uh, won a national title while you were there. I mean, you're at Ole Miss, South Alabama is the head strength and conditioning coach. I mean, you got a heck of a resume. Uh, so that run right there, man, building up the Southern Miss, just if you want to talk about a few moments there, uh, Bama, Ole Miss or South Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that is kind of the craziest thing about it is that I was writing resume, I mean, writing emails and giving out my resumes to Pretty, pretty much every school in the country. I, I guarantee you, uh, I've written every single FBS and FCS school. And, you know, two o'clock in the morning and, you know, you're writing the wrong name sometimes, you know, but you're trying to uh, get your name out there. You're trying to just get a chance. Just I want an opportunity. And the, the, the fact of the matter that Alabama, who's just coming off a national championship, is the one that gave me a shot. It was just a blessing. You know, it kind of almost let me know that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, me and my wife, we left Atlanta and I told her if she could find a job and she was the manager at Gigi's Cupcakes, you know, because I had to work for pretty much a year and a half without getting paid, you know, just straight intern. And, you know, after that, I was a paid intern making seven hundred dollars a month for six months and then finally got a shot to be a full time guy. But uh, just the way that God worked, you know, from me going uh, to not getting anybody to, you know, from D2s to FCS, FBS, not even giving me a shot to, you know, at that time, you know, the top team in the country giving me a chance and giving me an opportunity to go do it. So it was a blessing. And, you know, met so many great coaches, obviously working for Coach Saban. And then uh, you had Coach Joey Jones at South Alabama, uh, Coach Steve Campbell, who's, you know, big time around this area at South Alabama, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And then now, you know, working with one of my best friends here at Southern Miss, it kind of almost all of those experiences make you who you are to where now I feel like I can give my all because, you know, I've been to every place and I've had to deal with pretty much every situation that you can deal with. Yeah. And, and here you are now, man, as a strength and conditioning head coach at Southern Miss and all those uh, talks and those thoughts that you and coach will all had back in the day from building a great culture. Well, here it is. And you're building one heck of a one. Um, you're one of those guys, man, you know, we weren't the biggest recruits. I wasn't, you weren't, uh, you know, puts a chip on your shoulder. And I think that's the beauty of Southern Miss, man. We got a chip on our shoulder. We go against the norm. You know, we're going to fight and claw for everything that we need. What do you love most about Southern Miss right now? Oh, man. <laughs> I would say everything that you just said, but, you know, the, the, the foundation that you guys laid, man, the tradition, there's not too many group of five programs that have the tradition that Southern Miss has. Like, you know, the fact like, you know, your show is named after our mentality. It, it just goes to show you that we're not scared. You know, we're not afraid of anybody. But like you said, that chip on our shoulder made us that way. The guys that we recruit made us that way. You know, we're dealing with Louisiana and Mississippi and Florida, Alabama, you know, and from there, you know, we, we'll try to go find great players anywhere. But that footprint is, is known. That's football country. 
And to have those type of guys that have that chip on their shoulder, along with our, our the foundation that y'all laid in the tradition that we have, it's a special place, you know, and not only, you know, just a little small, but the black and gold, man, like that's something that's in our blood, you know, from the saints to, you know, there's not too many colors that are better than black and gold to me. So, uh, you know, just a lot of different things, but golly, man, what we're building. And I, I really think that it's something that you guys will be proud of as far as alums that we're trying to get it back to what y'all had. Oh, and I feel it. I mean, you, you know me, I believe in the system, believe in the program, everything you all are doing. And speaking of inspiration and things like that, man, you're, you're like I said, you're one of the most inspirational guys I've ever met. You do something on Twitter called Find a Way Friday. I mean, you're walking through the rock at about 4 or 5 a.m. Nobody else is up in Hattiesburg, but there you are, man, telling the latest and greatest inspirational quotes that, that, that you can think of. And they just come across so well, man. If What, what got your uh, thoughts behind getting this Find a Way Friday thing? Because it, it's one of my most inspired. My Friday's not right without it. I'm going to tell you that yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, well, hey, I appreciate it. But uh, it's one of our core values, you know, and it's it's the to me, it's one of the ones that I feel like no matter what you do, you're going to have to implement that in some way, because uh, finding a way that's life, you know, and obviously you're a huge find a way guy, you know, obviously with your story. Uh, but if if you, um, you know, are trying to go after something that you really want. You're going to have that moment where should I quit or should I find a way? And that's all I'm trying to do is just give a little inspiration on Fridays to guys that, you know, maybe going after some is them tough moments because Lord knows I felt it. You know, there was times where uh, when I was working for free at Alabama, I'm like, as a man, I got a little one. I'm like, hey, it's time for me to go make some money. Like I, and my wife is, hey, just keep on going, keep on going. So, you know, that find a way is something that even I struggled with. So I can imagine, you know, those guys that, uh, you know, have to wake up early and do a job maybe that they don't want to do, you know, whereas I'm lucky I get to do my job and I get to I get to love what I do, uh, just finding a way to to uh, provide and uh, to be there for their family members, you know. So uh, that's kind of how I started, you know, just something to give a quick little message on Fridays as a little inspiration going into the weekend and uh, hopefully getting them through the week. Man, I, and I love it. Find a way Fridays become a big thing in the Southern Miss world, man. Now, I want to have a lot more fun talk in this in this show. And, uh, you know, people that, you know, follow football outsiders view. I mean, they see the product on the field. They see this and that. They don't see a lot what goes on behind the scenes. When I played, I spent probably more time with my strength and conditioning coach than I did with my actual position coaches. I mean, you know, they built mold me into the player that I was. One of my favorite times and you, you posted videos of this is max out day. For anybody that doesn't know, that's the day when you see how much you can bench press one rep, how much you can squat one rep, and the, the whole, you know, teams around you, some of them shirtless, man, it's just music's playing. Talk about max out day for a football player and the mindset that you get into to see somebody push themselves past their believed limit. Yeah. Um, to me, it's kind of almost like game day. You know, uh, obviously it's not the same, but it is, you know, because it's what you put in all the work for. It's why you lifted the weights that, you know, because let's let's face it, not every day you feel like going into the weight room, just like not every day you feel like going on the football field. But you're doing it for those moments at the end. You're doing it for uh, a product that you're going to be proud of in the end. And one thing I always tell our guys is that you're not wasting your time. You're investing. it. So when you're investing in lifting heavy, you want a payoff, you know, just like if I put my money in the stock market, I want a payoff for what I'm putting in. 
and then some. So, you know, to see those guys pushing each other and cheering on each other, and I'm getting goosebumps right now, you know, just thinking about it. Some of the best videos you'll see. <laughs> oh, man, it's just it's just awesome because it's almost like, uh, you know, that word that we were talking about early in the year, fear gun. You know, you can see the fear gun, which is the unselfishness of every single guy. They getting that one guy hype. To, to push himself and hit a number that he's never hit. And just the amount of unselfishness and team uh, in that weight room at that particular time, you know, you just can't beat it. It, it just brings you back to when you were playing, but also it, it lets you, uh, you know, be proud of, you know, how far the team has come and what they, uh, the work that they put in is finally paying off. Absolutely. And coach, you hit on a word that pops up within the uh, organization a lot, Fergan. If you don't mind explaining that to anybody that doesn't know, because it's a big word for you guys, big slogan. Yeah. Uh, so it's a genuine happiness uh, and unselfishness to where you're excited about someone else, like whether you get anything from it or not. So it, it's almost like I guess you would say like a, a, a dad being proud of his son, like you're just so proud of him, whether he cares about how you feel or not. And that's kind of the way I can kind of put it. But you're just so happy and overjoyed for someone else, regardless of what that means for you. You know, it's just pure joy in someone else. And that's something that we just tried to preach all the time. And uh, you need a team full of guys like that because they're going to be guys that are, are making plays. But then you need those fear gun guys on the sideline to maybe pick a guy up that uh, maybe messed up, you know, knowing you might not ever get in the game. Uh, that scout team member that is pushing that starter to be great, no matter what, you know, the outcome is for them. So uh, it's a perfect word. You know, I wish we had it more in this world, but uh, it, it's something that Brother Mitch, you know, and obviously everybody knows Brother Mitch, man, awesome person. But something that he uh, talked about from the Hebrew language and it, it's just something that's kind of a, a cry in our in our organization and in our program and. Uh, you know, you got AIE and fear gun and, you know, that's something that we try to, you know, preach on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. Building that great team culture, man. Great team players. Um, kind of getting to some details about strength and conditioning. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I was playing, it felt a little bit more grunt, uh, you know, this and that. Man, I, I, I watched an interview with you, heard an interview with you not too long ago about moving the bars fast because the game is faster now than when I played. It, it is. Uh, whereas, whereas it's not as much like, uh, you know, pump, uh, this, it's, man, how fast can you get moving with everything you're doing with every, uh, every, uh, you know, workout, whatever routine you are doing. Uh, if you don't mind talking about a little exercise science and the speed of the bar moving and, and just overload principles and things like that for anybody that doesn't know about training nowadays, it's different. Yeah. Oh, it's totally different. And, uh, back when I was coming up, man, you were just going up in there and probably doing three sets of 10 of every <laughs> exercise and it didn't really matter, but, uh, I think that's where the game has kind of grown the most. Uh, you know, the fact that every school has a strength coach and the emphasis that they're putting on it. But uh, to me, you know, it, it's all about cr creating dynamic, explosive athletes. And when we talk about moving the bar fast, it's how can you get from point A to point B as fast as you can while maintaining great technique, you know, and still stressing the body to where it's not too light. It's it's almost a science behind it to where if it's too heavy and it's not moving fast enough, you've got to lighten that load. And I'm not a big percentage guy. I, I like to look at the speed of the bar. I'm a big eyeball guy. And if I'm seeing that bar move too fast, then, hey, we're going to load it up a little bit more because from day to day, 
your body feels differently. You know, there are some days where I go into the gym and, you know, 135 feels heavy. Then I go some days and, you know, 225 feels light. So, you know, we kind of don't base this off of just a percentage. It's more on how you're feeling that day. And can we still move the bar fast while lifting heavy weights? And then from there, you know, the next thing is, is just injury prevention. Um, you know, I always use the analogy of a car. If a car is not used to running at a certain RPM and then all of a sudden on game day, you're trying to rev it up. Well, you're going to blow a gasket. You're going to blow something. So we want to make sure that throughout the week we're slowly building up to get ready for game day. So priming you up, you know, to where you're hitting a, a certain speed, certain number every single time we get out there or get in the weight room. Man, that's, that's interesting stuff right there because uh, strength training has definitely changed from back in the day when I was playing. But, you know, people think, you know, strength training sometimes, the outside, what you see, you know, the muscles, the, the fast, the speed. Man, there's a mental aspect that a good strength coach has to work on as well. What are some things to really get some guys mentally strong who may need it? What are, what are some techniques you might do there? Well, you know, I think what you just talked about, there's going to be days where I want you grunting. I want you straining. <laughs> I want you to, you know, like, I don't care how the bar moves. Uh, you know, and usually the way I kind of program is, is earlier in the week, we're more working on our explosiveness. You know, you should be fresh. You're coming off the weekend. You should be feeling good. You shouldn't be sore. As we move to Friday, that's more of a grunting condition. And you don't have to think much. You just got to strain. And, you know, I think there's still days for that, you know, where you got to strain it out because, you know, you just said on the football field, hey, you might be going against a guy that's, you know, better than you every which way. Well, how are you going to find a way to beat him? It might be in that third, fourth quarter because of you straining all the time that you're going to get a chance to get him back. But, you know, if he's fresh and you're fresh, he's going to whoop your tail. So you got to make sure that you're still developing that side of that strain, that gutting it out. Um, you know, other than that, I, I try to always make the weight room a sanctuary. Uh, when you come up in there, it should be strictly focused on you. I don't care about school. I don't care about your girlfriend. I don't want you to focus on any of that. You know, when you walk through there and you cross over into that weight room, everything else is left behind. And you should make a pact to yourself that you're not going to leave the same way you came in. Um, you know, the other side of that is just I, I try to show a lot of videos. I, I like motivational videos and not just motivational, but just hearing from greats. Uh, your Kobe's, your Jordans, your Tom Brady, you know, everybody, you know, that kind of these guys look up to and trying to show them a different uh, perspective than just from me, you know, and, and giving it a different avenue. But just try to, you know, find different ways to reach different guys, because I know not everybody learns the same. We got our audible guys. We got, you know, your visual guys. So I'm trying to give different avenues for everyone. That way I can maybe reach a message, you know, to reach the whole team. But um, you know, just different avenues, but man, it, it, it's just a grind every time you come up in here and I want you to have fun while doing it. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. The mental aspect. So key though, man. And cause I'm, I'm just thinking back, like I said, spent so much time on my strength coaches, but every now and then I'm pushing myself to the limit where I'm about to throw up and I got my coach in my ear still pushing me to go harder. And I'm like, man, but it's that mental game, man, that you got to work on it to push you through those moments and things like that are so key, man, that mental aspect. Now, now let's call it what it is. Every now and then, you know, there's a player who might not get, be given 100%. You know, back in the day, we called them a slacker. We would, you know, not that they weren't a hard worker, but it happens every now and then. How do you deal with that situation when you know somebody's not giving their best? I think that's where relationships come into place. Um, you know, and like you said, you spent most of the time with your strength coach, and that's, you know, 
the same way it is today. And, and you got to get to know these guys. You got to get to know them. You got to get to know what pushes them. And for some of them, it might be, you know, me getting after them, you know, and uh, chomping at them a little bit. And obviously there's guys here that wanted to fight me and, you know, they better strap up and get ready to rock and roll because I'm going to fight too. <laughs> you know, but they know I love them. Uh, of course. There might of be course. some guys, yeah, you know, and you might have to just come up, put your armor. Hey, I know you got more than that. And that's all they need. So I think really just getting to know who you're coaching and how to coach them to maybe reach their full potential is the biggest part. But, uh, yeah, like I, I don't think it's changed much. And that's the one great thing I can say about Southern Miss athletes is that we got old school athletes. We got guys that you can do that to because, believe me, I know that there are places, you know, usually out west that uh, you might get in a little <laughs> trouble coaching the way I coach. Uh, very cool right there, man. Um so, man, you, you're an inspirational guy. I mean, you're a hype guy. Uh, you know, when I talk to the players about you, bring your name up, man, they, they immediately smile. They love you. Um, you put all this work in in the offseason, getting them right, getting ready for the games, man. You're on the sidelines with them guys, you know, getting the crowd up, getting the team up. Uh, man, what's some good maybe sideline stories that maybe somebody wouldn't, wouldn't know or you don't have to name names or maybe like something that, that still makes you laugh to this day from the sidelines. <laughs> oh, well, there's a bunch of them. Uh, you know, our, uh, uh, I guess you would say play by play guy, Bo, little small Bo. Uh, <laughs> I almost, I almost ran over him a couple of times, you know, just looking at the ball and, you know, not paying attention to where I'm going. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of just chatter between, you know, opposite teams and, you know, just it, it just it, it makes playing football so much fun because it really is a, a gladiator sport. It's a man's game, man. And, uh, you know, when you're out there, you can't let your feelings get in the way. Uh, you know, obviously, sometimes, you know, the guys on our sideline will be like, man, Lee, I don't want to hear that right now, man. You know, like so, uh, you know, it's just it, it's almost like war. You know, whatever's said down there, it, it kind of just stays there. And we don't bring it up again. We don't, you know, harp on it. It's just I know how I was as a player. And uh, a lot of these guys, when you're, uh, you know, you're in that mode, when you're in that moment, you know, I see your helmet in the background, man. And I can see with that black visor, I can imagine a dog behind <laughs> that thing. Like, you know, once you put that thing down, you're a different person. So I try not to to bother them too much on game days just because, I know how much they work. I know what they uh, – and nobody means to mess up. But, you know, every now and then, you know, we'll get to, to join at each other. And uh, that's one thing I can say, man. We we, we love uh, each other. But, you know, we still kind of are like big brother, little brother, where they'll, they'll come at me, I'll come at them, and then, hey, let bygones be bygones. And, you know, as soon as they go make a play, I'm jumping up, getting hyped with them. If you don't – if you, you know, jump off size and it's third and four, you're going to hear my mouth. You know, so it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, the sideline is just a precious place. It is like what goes on there is so special. And obviously, you know, but, you know, people that's never played football, man, they're missing out on what really happens on them sidelines. Yeah, it's, it's a special place, man. And uh, so, you know, you and Coach Hall got here, man. And let's be honest, to get the program back, you had your hands full. There were scholarship reductions. Uh, you know, we had some losing ways there for a while, so it had to be a complete overhaul of the program. Um, so year one, you know, get things rolling a little bit late with the super back thing, which was so cool. Um, year two, man, kind of things start picking up here, man, and get to a bowl game, you know, win the bowl game. How was that just that culmination? Finally, these guys get an awesome reward 
for two pretty dang tough years getting this thing back together. Yeah. Oh, man. I think the one person that, you know, you you wanted it for the most was Coach Hall, you know, because he poured his heart and soul into that first year. And um, it you hate to say this the wrong way, but they just weren't guys that that bought in. They just didn't believe they didn't they didn't see the vision that we had for him. And, uh, you know, it, we didn't have the pieces either, you know, but uh, he he wore it on his sleeve every single loss, you know, and uh, he wanted it so bad for the guys. And year two, you start to see it rolling and it could have got rolling a whole lot quicker, you know, with make a play here, make a play there. Uh, don't turn the ball over here, there, uh, you know, but to see it all come to fruition over in Mobile at the Lennon Tree Bowl, golly, man, those guys deserved it. The ones that stayed with us especially. Uh, and I know one thing, the ones that did stay with us, they're going to be better men because of it. Um, they're going to they're gonna, uh, look back at these moments of, you know, that first year, this year, and, and they're going to have a, a, I guess you would say a playbook on how to deal with tough times throughout their life because they dealt with it. And, uh, it wasn't always easy, but, uh, you know, just like Frank Gore and Brown and all of these guys that we got, Hobbes and Cole Cavallo, just some guys that are, are like cornerstones of this program. Nate Brooks, uh, just a Centrell Latham. Golly, man, just some dogs that just laid it on out there every single time they went out. And I was just so happy that they got uh, what they deserved. Yeah, obviously, and people – see you on the field, you know, the game itself, it's easy to kind of witness and stuff like that. But you've been behind the scenes with all these guys you just named, putting blood, putting sweat, putting tears for endless hours, getting them where they were. And you mentioned the name right there, one guy in particular, Frank Gore, man. He had a monster game, <laughs> unprecedented yardage that he put up, man. When, when you watch Frank Gore put on that kind of show, what, did it put that extra smile on your face? Because his smile lights up a dang room. But I did it put an extra smile on your face like, no, man, I, you, you know, I, I put a I put a hand in that a little bit. But, you know, he's got to do the work. But how, how was that performance by Frank Gore for you? Oh, awesome. And, you know, a lot of people don't know it, but Frank is one of the hardest workers. He's going to come up in there early before practice. He's getting his body warmed up. He's getting primed up, ready to go. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that he does work like that sets him up to be put in positions, uh, you know, and obviously Coach Hall also. You know, Coach Hall is all about winning. So Frank can throw, Frank can, you know, like we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that the best players get the ball in their hand. And uh, he's one of them. And, and just a quick little funny story on that. Uh, for the yeah. Lending Tree Bowl, uh, we needed some – I needed some black tape to uh, spat up Frank. So I had my wife go to academy, hurry up. We had to run out there in the parking lot. It was about maybe 20 minutes before the game. Hurry up and spat him up real quick. You know, that way he was looking good because the last thing I wanted him to do is be worried about anything except for performing. <laughs> hey, and then he goes out there. So I tell my wife all the time, hey, you're a big reason for that, you know, bowl record right there. Oh, heck yeah, man. No, athletes, man, even when I play, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. So he needed that spat, man, to play good. He did. So great no work. Doubt. And I didn't want him to worry about anything else. So, hey, whatever you need, Frank, we're going to get it done. And the magical feet got working in that bowl game, man. Um, got a question, man, a little away from Southern Miss. I got a 14-year-old son who does training and stuff like that. But a lot of times, man, parents are trying to just figure things out for their youngsters on ways to train. Where do I go? What avenue? What's some advice to maybe kind of that 
guy who's not in high school or maybe early in high school is not in college, figuring out a good athletic workout program, maybe specifically for football or, or everything you know, you've done with, dealt with a lot of sports. What's some advice for parents for maybe that 15 and under uh, youngster who's trying to figure out, you know, a good workout pattern, what I should be doing? Yeah, I think just getting you to, to um, be able to, uh, I guess you would say, throw your body around. I guess you would say, uh, you know, being able to control your body, uh, you know, push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups and all of those movements, they've been around forever and there's a reason why. Um, I think nowadays everybody's trying to create, like, you know, trying to recreate the wheel. And it, it's just those principles are something that I, I don't think we can ever get away from. You know, if you can't do a pull-up, I, I shouldn't have to, you know, advance too much more, you know, as far as uh, trying to do some complex movements. Uh, but I would say the other thing is, it's just focusing on just the, the basics, the, you know, the foundations, uh, you know, getting uh, your body, the central nervous system firing the right way, working on speed training, I think it's huge. Because uh, I, I, I really think no matter what sport you play, if you can play it fast, you're going to be pretty dang good at it. So, uh, you know, speed coaches, I always put an emphasis on them because if you could teach a, somebody how to run the way they don't develop bad habits early, I think that's huge. Uh, you know, the speed ladder, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, compare that with speed training, which it ain't, but it's great for coordination. Uh, and I think that's the other part of it. Just uh, getting kids coordinated to do some of these complex movements uh, without the weight, you know, whether it be using a mop stick or a broomstick or something like that, you know, before we just go ahead and grab a bar, if you want them to do power cleans and uh, split jerks and all of these snatches, well, start off with something that they can't hurt themselves with and then slowly progress depending on how they, uh, you know, can handle it. Because usually the central nervous system is the, the first thing to kind of go. So if you can get that firing, the muscles and stuff will take over after that. So just getting them movement patterns down, I think is the biggest part before adding any type of weights. No, a very cool advice right there for parents, maybe looking for something to do, uh, make sure they do the right things for their youth. Um, so quick backtrack to football, man. So 2023 football season, year three of you and year three of Coach Hall, man. Schedule's nice, man. We've got a nice schedule in front of us. But uh, this is year three, man. A lot of people expect the big things. Uh, what's some maybe different preparations or maybe something outside the box you guys might be doing? Or is it business as usual getting into this season? I think it's business as usual, but I think we've added some key components. You know, obviously our quarterback room is a whole lot more competitive. Um, I think the old line is going to be a whole lot more improved. Uh, and I think the offense in general, you know, and, uh, you know, defensive wise, we still, you know, got a couple areas where we need to uh, maybe, you know, the linebacking room, you know, we've got, we got a couple guys that are hurt right now that we're trying to bring back. But I think the one thing that we're going to have is a lot of experience, and we've got guys that that's been there. You know, they went to a bowl game. They finally won a bowl game. And, uh, you know, the schedule to me, I, golly, I wouldn't want a better schedule, you know. But uh, and I know for you, you wouldn't want one either. You know, as far as anyone, anywhere, anytime, coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that, that's the way we feel about it, you know, and we, we're, we're looking at we're excited about the, the uh, challenge and the opportunity because, you know, we're going uh, to Florida State, going to Mississippi State. And I think we catch them all at pretty good times, you know, because uh, we catch Mississippi State right before the Egg Bowl and Florida State in between LSU and Boston College. And, you know, uh, I, th I think the, the Sun Belt Conference is a tough conference, too. So if you can, 
you know, handling your business with that type of schedule, man, uh, you know, and they go into 12 and, the, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, obviously I'm an optimist and I, I think optimistically, but um, I, I'm excited about the challenge. I'm excited about the opportunity and uh, I'm looking forward to this season. Hey, coach, I would do, be doing myself and yourself a disservice if I don't talk about one win from last season in particular because we're New Orleans guys, man. The two-lane game. I mean, we ended up being a top-10 two-lane team, a road game. I'm not even going to lie, man. When we when we won that game, first guy I'm thinking of, I got to go see Lo- Coach Lance. Uh, <laughs> downstairs by the locker room, man. And sure enough, we met up, man, hugged it out. What a huge win. What did that win mean to you personally? being a New Orleans guy and it being such a huge win for the program. Oh, well, just being a New Orleans guy, like you said, and um, obviously, you know, Tulane, they didn't give me a shot. You know, they didn't, uh, they didn't want me. Maybe I wasn't smart enough. I don't know what it is, but, you know, um, and just, you know, for Coach Hall, too, I wanted it so bad for him. He was coming, you know, from there. But, you know, just to do it and have – some of my friends that I grew up with, you know, being able to come to the game and seeing them after the game and us just, uh, you know, dapping each other up, you know, and I used to go to Tulane baseball camp all the time when I was a kid, you know, so I knew all about Tulane and history and everything else. And going back to that perfect season, we had guys from Shaw on the team. And, uh, you know, one of the, the best things about that whole uh, experience was Chad Williams talked to the team before. And golly, man, he brought that fire. And we actually showed him a couple clips of you guys, you know, you know, Utah. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little talk, yeah. Dustin Allman and uh, who else did we have? Um, I think Ty uh, Pinkston and Latrell Powell. Yeah, mistaken. and Latrell Powell, you know. So those guys talked. And then you had Chad come up in there and kind of just set the tone. And, man, everybody, when they left, they were ready to go to war that night. So there was no doubt in my mind that we were going to win it. But, you know, we want to talk about an exciting time and winning the bell. That was the, the first trophy game that Southern Miss has probably won in a while. So uh, just to bring that bell and see those guys hold that thing up, you know, that's what you do it for. That's why you coach. Oh, man, it was a special moment. Coach Hall came to the sidelines, getting the fans all up after the win. <laughs> one of my favorite videos of all time, Coach Hall getting that hype because it was like, finally, we got we got a big one. Here we go. Oh, so, uh, so, Coach, man, great talk right there with Southern Miss, man. And, uh Family life. I mean, you got an absolutely beautiful family life going right now. Just got off vacation with the crew, had a little break. So, man, how's family life treating? What's the latest there? Oh, just, yeah, wonderful. I got three little ones, uh, 10. You know, my son, Lucas, 10. I got my daughter, Emmy, who's seven, and my little one, Olivia, who's four. You know, my wife, Lauren, who I met up at uh, North Alabama. You know, so uh, just so many blessings that, um, you know, I can't, I can't even count. But, you know, just a little kind of background on them, you know, I had two Nikki babies, you know, my oldest and my youngest, you know, we stayed in the hospital for a month with both of them. And you wouldn't even know it now, but that's just another blessing that kind of made me who I am and the man that I am. And, you know, during those times you're thinking why, but, you know, obviously when you go through that 2021 season and, you know, it just, those memories kind of come back to you. It's like, man, just keep on pressing on, just keep on believing, keep on pushing. You know, and there's always something good on the other side. But uh, I can't ask for a better family, better situation. And just so blessed to be, you know, dad to those three and husband to my wife. That's one thing I noticed about you. You love being a strength coach, but, man, you love being a dad. And I, I love that about you. Uh, 
All right, getting to this 2023 season, what's something you want to tell a Southern Miss Nation, man, to get them ready? What, what, what's something maybe to get them going? Who? I would like to say just like we kind of almost uh, are out of that stage of um, like trying to surprise people. It, it's almost like we're going on an attack this year, you know, and it, it's time to start you know, bringing Southern Miss back to being that bully that, you know, that guy that, hey, you didn't want to mess with him. Like, they didn't mess with you, but hey, you put us on that doggone schedule. You know, we ain't afraid of you and you ain't a bully when it comes to us. So we, we're going back on the attack this year. You know, we're going back to to the way you guys were. And, uh, you know, we're excited about facing some of these, you know, so-called blue bloods and, you know, big time power five programs that, you know, SEC programs. And, and now we're going to have, we think the team that can go up in there and, and duke it out with them. Man, I love great words right there with the Southern Miss Nation and uh, kind of closing things out here, coach. I mean, just, you know, I said earlier in the show, whenever I talk to the players, man, they light up when I bring your name up, man. They just smile. They love working hard for you. Uh, fans watching this, you won't find a more inspirational, motivational, and better better leader of young men than Coach Lance Ancar right here. I appreciate all you're doing, man. Uh, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. To the top, man. I appreciate it, Marshawn. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed catching up with Southern Miss football head strength and conditioning coach Lance Ancar. Well, I got a story coming for you right now from 2002. It was a mascot fight for the ages. It was Southern Miss and Seymour. It was Alabama and Big Al. There were two mascots that went toe-to-toe -to -toe for about five minutes and absolutely tore up the sidelines back then and got a little bit of trouble for it, too. But I don't want to tell you the whole story. I'm going to let you hear it from the guy behind the Seymour mask, Jamie Arrington. Let's talk about one of the most infamous mascot fights of all time. I'm talking about Seymour from Southern Miss versus Big Al of the Alabama Crimson Tide back in 2002. So prior to this game, I was, you know, I was performing as the Southern Miss mascot and one of the Alabama mascots was a dear friend of mine. We worked Universal Cheerleaders Association camps during the summer and we were rooming together at one of these events and we kind of got the idea, okay, when we play each other this year, let's do something fun. Let's kind of go out, let's do like a WWE style fight. So we met a few hours before the game, we blocked it out. We decided what all we were going to do. And this was kind of just for our own amusement as well as to attempt to entertain the crowd. So the whole theory behind it was not to have, we had a lot of respect for each other. So not really to have a winner, but I kind of get the edge on him in front of our crowd. He gets the edge on me in front of his student section. And then we kind of just square off and fall apart at the end. So once the fight gets started, we had this all blocked out. So like I hit him with the stone cold stunner. He gives me the old, like shot to the crotch, throws me through the Alabama kicker's net. I toss him into the fence by his trunk. Uh, we just went back and forth. We get on his side of the field. He hits me with the rock bottom. I hit him with the Ric Flair slap. And by the time it was done, which is about five minutes worth of, uh, of uh, like fake brawling, you know, it is WWE style. We were, we were buddies. Uh, we both were thoroughly exhausted. Um, but the aftermath from that was, even more thoroughly entertaining to me. So we did several hundred dollars worth of damage, breaking the Alabama kicker's net, breaking the megaphone of one of the cheerleaders. He had to go apologize to Coach Francione. I didn't get in any trouble at Southern Miss, but the Southeastern Conference issued a mandate that week that mascots were no longer allowed to interact 
while the game is going on, and that is still in effect today. Well, thanks so much for sending that entertaining story into the show, Jamie Arrington. Well, that's it for another edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free to do. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please subscribe over there as well. Well, I thought we'd close the show with the actual full fight from 2002 between Big Al and Seymour. So uh, here we go. And until next time, it's Southern Miss to the top. Mm -hmm.